the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have another great show for you on this Easter Eve. Uh, We're wishing you and your families a wonderful Easter weekend, Um, but we're going to really spice it up with a very interesting guest. Larry, who do we have on the line for our first segment? Yes, Wendy. Brock Lurie is the host of the Brock Lurie Show, a popular and riveting radio program heard Sunday mornings on AM 870 KRLA in Los Angeles. Mr. Lurie is a managing partner of the law firm Lurie and Seltzer in Los Angeles, California. As a former atheist, Barack Lurie turned to God after using logic, science, and probabilities. Today, Barack is a champion of Christianity and Judaism and an advocate for their crucial roles in all the values we hold dear in Western civilization. Brock Lurie is also a best-selling author of three books, Atheism Kills, The Dangers of a World Without God and Cause for Hope. The second one, Rise of the Sex Machines, How Cultural and Technology Are Changing Relationships Forever and Who Will Resist. And his newest one, Atheism Destroys, How Godlessness Destroys the Pillars of Civilization and How to Fight Back. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. So welcome to the show, Barack. Thank you for coming on. Larry, thanks so much for having me, and Wendy, too. So we've got three lawyers. We promise we're not going to make this legalese. We're instead going to make a very lively conversation about a wide variety of topics. <laughs> but first and foremost, um, Barack, and you and I enjoy appearing together on other networks. I, I've always wanted to ask you, I know that you have an amazing story to tell about having been an atheist to becoming one of the most articulate and prominent defenders of Judeo-Christian values. I would love our listeners to know a little bit about how that transition happened. You know, the transition happened very simply through science and logic and probabilities, and mostly from, you know, an understanding that we all have free will. And I, I came to learn that you really just can't have free will without a creator that has given you that free will. And, you know, once you decide that there is free will, you, you have to understand there's a creator. And then I came to believe that that creator is the same as the God of the Bible. So I became a very big champion of it. Um, and, and more importantly, the reason why I became a fighter for uh, Christianity and Judaism, and I'm Jewish, by the way, I'm, I'm a very big fan of Christianity. We need to have more Christians out there, too, um, is because I understood what it's like to be an atheist. I saw the destructive nature of my own mindset when I was an atheist. I wanted to, I really wanted to destroy everything. I wanted to burn it down to the ground, as it were. Um, all these crazy things that we have in our civilization, 
for all the products of this fake God that you call uh, God and, and Jesus, of course. And so we need to revamp everything because it will be so much better that way. In other words, it was like, I, I felt it was a faulty foundation. We need to rebuild again. That's the way the atheist thinks. Now, I know that. I know deeply how it is. And I used to say to, uh, to the world, you know, I'm an atheist, but thank God so few other people are. That's, that's the way I believe it. Wow. And now um, I'm a fighter for uh, not only Christian and Judaism, but a fighter against atheism. And we need to see godlessness as an enemy. It's, it's not good enough just to go to church and synagogue. I mean, those things are wonderful. We should all do that, of course. But we also need to stand up against the evil of a world without God, because it is evil. That's where all evil comes from, a world without God. Right. In your best-selling books, Atheism Kills, the second one, Rise of the Sex Machines, and the third one, Atheism Destroys, you make the case about how godlessness destroys the pillars of civilization, such as justice, country, marriage, free speech, and family. What is it about atheism that always leads to these civilization-ending results? Right. Uh, well, because we, we fail to realize that the reason why we're here in the first place is because of the Judeo-Christian mindset. You know, if, if you don't realize, you know, what, what did G.K. Chesterton, he said, uh, never take down a fence unless you figure out why the fence was up there in the first place. And, and so it is with our civilization. We have to ask ourselves, why is it that we are so passionate about truth, about justice, um, about family, about relationships and marriage? Why is it that we, we care about fighting against murder and, and observing the Ten Commandments, of course? Why? And the reason why is because we believe in God. But people want to think that they can have this all without God, and you just can't. It's, um, the analogy I like to make is, you know, when you're, you're on an airplane, and now you're at 20,000 feet, and you look around and you say, oh, well, we're 20,000 feet. We don't need wings. We don't need the pilot anymore. We don't need an engine. We're good to go. We forget why we're up there and how we got up there in the first place. And that's the reason why um, I, I fight as I do, because atheism will take us down. We will crash. You know, speaking of that, Barack, and I travel a lot, so I love that analogy. Um, why do you think it is? And I mean, maybe there's a suggestion as to how we can sort of um, get out from under this trend that seems to be really sweeping the nation where people of faith, what Christian, Jewish, um, are really a target. You know, I mean, I don't remember it being like that when the three of us were growing up. But it, I mean, it just seems like whether it's, you know, what we do, what we believe, where we go, what we celebrate as we go into the eve of Easter weekend. Um, why is this happening in your view that people of faith are so frequently targeted? Yeah, uh, the, the short answer is that it's because we let them target us. That's exactly the reason mm. why. We, we, uh, we apologize too much for our faith. We say, well, look, I, I, I have Jesus in my heart. I have God in my heart. But, you know, it's okay if you don't have it. Uh, you know, maybe one day you'll find it as well, but it just makes me happy. Um, that's not good enough for the atheist. They, they, they see you as being on the defensive, and they go for the attack in the same way that a dog would can sense fear in somebody else and will, will attack you once they sense that fear. That's the way the atheist thinks. And what we need to do in order to fight back, and this is a very big part of my book, uh, Atheism Destroys, is we need to be proud of who we are. We need to be able to articulate why God is real. 
And when somebody pushes on you and says, there's no God, this is a unicorn, you say, first of all, that's an insult. And secondly, tell me how uh, life came upon Earth and how we have intelligence and everything else. Explain right now. Because until you can explain that, you have no business uh, denouncing my faith. That's the way we have to do it. Now we ha- and when you, you had a great point there, that things have really changed quite a bit since you and I were kids. And, you know, it, it was understood that the default was that the family next door went to church or synagogue. That was the default. Today, your neighbor likely doesn't go to church or synagogue. In fact, you're the odd man out uh, who, for, for going to this crazy place called church. And it was even demonized all the more during the COVID restrictions, right? By going to church, you, you were being selfish. You were not being respectful to society. And that's, that's a bad thing. We are becoming pariahs, and we can't let that happen. We just have to fight. We have to uh, be very cognizant of who we are, what our faiths mean, um, how, how much we've given to society. Um, Christianity doesn't—you ask most Christians— um, what they, what has Christianity given? And, and when I say Christianity, I also include Catholics, by the way. What has the Christian faith given to the world? And, and sadly, most of them don't know. But if, the, if you treated Christianity like a people, then you'd be super proud, because Christianity gave us the science that they claim to love and follow, right? Right. Christianity gave us truth and, and justice, Christianity gave us freedom and democracy, all those things that we cherish and that we take for granted. It was because of Christianity and Judaism that we have those things. And once you take away or you minimize Christianity and Judaism, you will lose everything. That's just the way it works. Well, uh, Barack, recently we've seen a huge push towards transgenderism by our media, politicians, and schools. In your view, is this about showing compassion towards the transgender population, or do you think this is about something else? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's about something else. It's definitely not about transgenders. I mean, let's let's face it, it's only, on average, one out of 35,000 people uh, have true dysphoria about their gender. So it can't really be about such people. They are being used as pawns uh, for something much more sinister, and that sinister uh, aspect is the distinction, so the, the evisceration of the distinction between man and woman. That's what they're trying to do. And if they can eviscerate that, if they can destroy that distinction, then they can destroy everything. Because once you blow up that distinction, which is one of the primary distinctions of, of life, uh, you can get them to believe anything and do anything. That's what it's about. Yeah, you know, um, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. We're almost at the end of the show, but, you know, we hope we can continue this conversation and have you back. I mean, this is just, we're just scratching the surface of what is such a a weighty issue nowadays. And, you know, you mentioned our people being used as pawns, no matter what group we're talking about, uh, in what political arena, we do worry that uh, we want to make sure we take care and love everyone without simply looking at a, a certain segment of society as some sort of a, a political football. So we want to thank you very much for uh, joining us, Brock. Um, where can people find out more about you? Oh, sure. Well, go to Amazon.com uh, for me, and you can find them on our website as well, BarackLurie.com. But uh, Amazon.com, right. you can get all of our books, and, and it's uh, it gives some destroys. Thank you. Series. 
Thank you so much to our listeners. Do not touch that dial. We have a lot more today with Dr. Wendy coming up. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. I first want to say my co-host, Larry Dersham, and I hope you're having a wonderful Easter weekend. We want to wish you a wonderful day tomorrow, a restful day with friends, family, uh, fun, faith, whatever you have planned, whatever's on your agenda. And it's almost reluctantly we talk about some of the news um, on Easter Eve, but I think it's important that we do because we are going to make silver lining out of it, but nonetheless. And one of the stories we want to highlight uh, is a story that broke this week. Um, Sherry Papini, many of you may remember that name. This is this is the now 39, then 34-year-old that went missing in 2016. Uh, she was jogging north of Reading and disappeared on November 2nd, 2016, only to reappear on Thanksgiving Day about three weeks later uh, with just, you know, looks like marks all over her. She had lost weight. Her hair had been cut. She had been branded, apparently was injured, looked like she had been shackled and told a long story of an ordeal that she suffered at the hands of two captors. Well, she has since then accepted a plea deal with the feds, uh, basically admitting that she made it up. Uh, now, Larry, this has captured the attention of you and I knowing how much uh, how much goes into a manhunt when someone goes missing? I mean, think about it. You've got the entire community sort of springing into search and rescue mode. You have people donating money. People are literally beating the bushes on the side of the road. Since she went missing while jogging, you can imagine people were switching up their routines, worrying about who was next. There were parents begging their kids and their spouses, please don't go running tonight. Um, so not only the the resources, but also remember she gave when she came back to the neighborhood three weeks later, suspect descriptions um, of two Latina women. So you can imagine people were looking around for somebody that matched those suspect descriptions. And we, we only find out now, all these years later, that none of it ever happened. It's so interesting, this case. Uh, and she did confess that she made this up, Wendy. It's a little bit, to me, like crying wolf, that story that we all heard when we were growing up. Uh, some little boy goes out in the village and cries wolf, and then people come running out, and eventually they don't listen to him when the real wolf shows up. But I think she has indicated she's very sorry for what she did. Now, what's fascinating to me that her attorney, uh, who's representing her up in Sacramento, said... Uh, as to motive, why did she do it? And he said, honestly, I don't know if anybody does. I don't know if she knows why she did it. And it would be interested, interesting just the motivation. Was it seeking fame or attention? But it does remind me a little bit about the Jesse Smollett case where he just made the whole thing up too. Now, why did he do that? 
Uh, that's still going on. I think it's on appeal now. He's actually made a song about, uh, his, his ordeal. I haven't heard it, but I, I'm interested. I may just go look it up and, and listen to it. But why would people do things like that? It's, it is almost like there's, what do you think, Wendy? Is it seeking fame or attention? Well, I'll tell you, Larry, that we ask ourselves that question every time we have a case that is just this bizarre. And there's a 55 page criminal complaint online. Anybody can read it. It reads like a novel. It is a page turner. You know, when I talk about my own job as a as an attorney, I often say, you know, you can't make this stuff up. But you can. And this woman did. And she made it up at age 34, not 14. Uh, And not only was she married, but she had two little kids at home. So people are really looking at this. And now, I mean, I hope she finds the Lord. I hope she finds faith. I hope she finds herself. I hope she mends her fences. You know, I hope she turns her life around. I hope all of those things. But you are correct in raising the question that wouldn't it be great if nobody ever did this again? So we didn't have to have false suspects or, or, you know, spend all that time looking and being in fear and, you know, just distrusting each other generally. And I'm sure in retrospect, she probably is thinking through all of this. But how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Now, obviously, if there were a magic pill and if we were able to do that, I'm sure we wouldn't continue to see cases like this. But let's just say Uh, If you read through those 55 pages, you can learn a little bit about what her mindset might have been. Um, One of the things the FBI did in interviewing her, and by the way, people are wondering, you know, what what did she get accused of? Two counts, federal crimes, uh, lying to the FBI and also mail fraud. Remember some of that um, 30,000 plus restitution money came to her through the mail because she was going to therapy and a number of variety of different things as a result of the incident, of course, that never happened. Um, But, you know, just sort of moving forward, when you think about how can we prevent this, what the FBI basically did is sought corroboration for everything she was saying. And then when they traced it back to me, well, maybe she was with her ex-boyfriend because they found uh, DNA tied her to her ex. Then they basically were asking him questions and seeking corroboration for that as well. You know, corroboration is a wonderful thing, no matter who you are, what you do for a living or who you're speaking to, isn't it? It is. And this also reminds me of the case of the runaway bride. I don't know if you heard about that. That was I remember that back in 2005. (laughs) uh, Jennifer Wilbanks. Now, what was so interesting about that? It was in April 2005. She was scheduled to get married. Uh, They had 600 guests scheduled to be there. And she ran away. She ran away because she didn't want to get married. It sounds like it's um, that's kind of the hard way to do it. I mean, why don't you just say ahead of time, I don't think I want to get married. Or maybe you don't have 600 <laughs> prospective guests. Maybe you say we're going to do a garden party or a short, a, a small faith-based ceremony. And um, Or, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. At, but again, motive is one of the things we ask ourselves, Larry, don't we? After every wild story gone amok surfaces and we realize that somebody was really able to fool so many people in the community. Oh, oh, absolutely. And it turns out that, um, that Jennifer, she did get married to another person, but now they just got a divorce here back in 2021. So I, I wish her all the best. Again, as another case of uh, this mysterious uh, uh, way that people think to, to make up stories. Well, one of the things people have asked me the most in connection with this particular story, the the story of the woman from Reading, is they want to know what kind of psychological disorders, or let's just say features of whether or not should be full-blown clinically diagnosed as anything. They're just curious in general, you know, what sort of a clinical profile 
does someone have that that's clearly able to hold a job, raise a family, get married, have kids um, that would even consider uh, staging this type of a kidnap? They just wonder, is it just some type of narcissism? Is it something else? Is it boredom? You know, what kind of a site? And, you know, we're two lawyers, right? We love to be armchair psychologists. Yes. But I don't know, Larry, if you put any thought into this either. But it's one of those really interesting questions as to not only why, but how would you even consider making up something like this? I know it. And it's, it's interesting, too, that Sherry Papini, this latest one that just happened, and the other one uh, were both uh, supposedly out jogging when this kidnapping took place. So I just wonder if Sherry took some cues from the former one. They both claimed they were out jogging when they were kidnapped. Uh, but I have another little uh, question or, or actually a commentary I wouldn't mind talking about. And uh, what I'm calling that is it's a part of my series, And You Shall Know, and really is the difference between good and evil. And I'm not talking about Republican versus Democrat. I'm not talking about conservative versus liberal or even right versus left. No, I'm talking about good versus evil. As you hear my words tonight, the Biden White House is issuing new rules to redefine sex And it will affect all our students in all our schools from kindergarten to university. Schools will lose federal funding if they don't allow biological men to join women's sports teams. Gone will be safe and separate places for boys and girls with regards to locker rooms, bathrooms, dorm rooms, overnight accommodations, and more. As you hear my words today, The Biden White House is wildly advocating for the cause of amputating healthy body parts of children who have been groomed and manipulated into believing they are the opposite sex from what God made them. Team Biden is even insisting American taxpayers, that's you and I, pay for these uh, mutilating surgeries. At the same time, a new Colorado law explicitly permits the slaughter of perfectly viable human babies for any reason right up to the very moment they emerge from their mother. All of this madness and more, while Team Biden continues to facilitate a full-scale foreign invasion of America from the South and is intentionally destroying our nation's oil, coal, and natural gas resources. So what I'm saying, whatever you call this, you could call it the Great Reset, you could call it socialism, communism, I say it's evil. And I say that we have to protect our our beautiful country that we all grew up in. And I would just also say, what can we do about it? We have a brief window of time, folks, during which all of us working together can still save our country. So please make sure you and your circle of friends and relatives are registered to vote. And then you do vote and vote only for candidates that vow to keep the flame of America's freedom of speech and freedom of press alive. And also, please get your news from sources, uh, from a variety of sources and not just one source. So you have a balanced view of the news. It's that important. Yeah, you know, the balanced view of the news, I think a lot of people would agree with you there, Larry. You know, it's it's one of those things that even people that are very um, conservative or liberal, left to right, whatever we want to call it, <laughs> they, too, have an interest in knowing the counter arguments. You know, I think that 
and I feel like this every time I talk to a jury after a verdict comes in, collectively, people really do want and seek knowledge. So um, I think that's always a, a great reminder. I also think it's a great reminder um, that we we talk about uh, wishing everybody a wonderful Easter tomorrow because um, there's lots we can learn from, from each other, gathering together, inviting friends that have no place to go. I say this every holiday season. So um, it is with a uh, it is with the best wishes. We want to hope everybody has a great Easter tomorrow and a wonderful, safe weekend. Please join us next week for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.